This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia everyone, my name is Sarina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for our radio show and podcast The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. So, the Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have a very good friend of mine, Stephanie DK, a Master of Science in Human Nutrition final year student from the University of Otago, who is also from West Papua. Kia ora, Stephanie. Kia ora, Rina. Thank you so much for being here today. No, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I've interviewed you before, uh, two times for Connecting Cultures Features about being West Papuan students. And, um, you know, I, I just wonder why have we not done an episode together like this? <laughs> um, the last Papuan that I interviewed was Angi. And that was episode two. She was like oh. the best friend I needed to try to do a podcast with for the first time right. to be confident. <laughs> try. Yeah. I'm glad you're hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of use her, but but it was a, such a good interview and she really helped me. And in the end, she actually like gave honest feedback. You know how you can give honest feedback to best friends? <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, she was definitely the confidence booster I need. And today we're like episode 60 something. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I think I only up to like episode 15 or 20. <laughs> and then you said last week, last week or the week before you said, we're up to episode 60. And I was like, how am I going to catch up to episode 60? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. And like with podcasts, you know, um, you listen to it during a certain time when you have time, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so hopefully you get time to catch up. But I understand you're a student and you have... Uh, deadlines and everything so understandable <laughs> um, um, thank you Stephanie for being here do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners yeah so just like what Arena just introduced me so I'm Stephanie I'm from West Papua I came to New Zealand in 2016 um, started by doing English foundation then moved on to Dunedin did my um, health science foundation then started Bachelor of Science in Nutrition in 2018, continued, finished it in 2020. Then I start my master in 2021. Then I'm finishing my master this year. So that's mm. me, um, my education. I feel like every time I do an introduction, I always say my education instead of like background. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my family now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so come from... Um, three siblings, um, including me. So my older sister, she's a GP now, um, working in the Highlands in West Papua, married. Um, and I have a younger brother who is studying Bachelor of Commerce, but I'm not sure 
what major like specific in business because I'm not that familiar um yeah and that's my family that's where I come from and are they back in West Papua they're all back in West Papua yeah Mm. I'm the only one in New Zealand Mm. do you miss home I do I miss it a lot but I also know that I've changed and they have changed as well. So mm. yeah, probably if I go back, I, yeah, I don't know how we will go about living together again. That is very interesting. That is something that I think about as well. Like, um, you know, when we've lived independently overseas, we've adapted to the culture here. Yeah. It's very hard to readjust to our previous culture. Like yeah, even our home yeah. culture, like living with our parents and living with our siblings. Um, like yeah. I, I love my siblings. I love my family. But like, do how do I live again as an adult with them? Is like a question. <laughs> no. yeah, exactly, and like at home, everyone shared the same meal. But like in a flat, like one person can have like an oatmeal, and I would have like rice, or like it's just. And you can do whatever you want. But at home, you probably... I know if I go back home, I I can't go out after 6 p.m. or like after 5 p.m. I have to be at home and then woke up at 5 a.m. And the we have mosques because I'm in West Papua, I'm part of Indonesia, so mosque is everywhere. So like 4 a.m., I remember 2018, I went home and it's that the sound starts at... 4 a.m. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to complain because I missed this as well, but it's 4 a.m. Yeah, it's the call of prayer for the morning prayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah, those are the things that you forget when you're homesick, I think. Like, mm-hmm. oh wow, um, there are so many instances that we just don't remember about back home. It was, It's just the daily life things, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so interesting. Um. Firstly, let's talk about your studies because you've been studying most of your life. <laughs> I am done. If, if any of you hear me say I want to do a PhD, just do. <laughs> I don't want to say anything bad here, but yeah, just just stop me. Just stop yeah. me. <laughs> so I feel like I'm going to say that in August or October. I'm probably going to say, oh, this is actually not that bad. No. I think I want to do a PhD. Don't. Like, don't you kind of I've I've been studying most of my life Uh, I don't remember having a good one-year break yeah no yeah you kind of forgot the tough times when it's over and then you you want to keep redoing it (laughs) yeah Uh. I even like when I was in um in junior high and also in high school, we have a special program. It's called Acceleration Program. So usually junior high and high school, you finish them all together in six years. But I finished all of them in four years. So I already started my education, like focusing on my education from early on. And then moved here and yeah, new language, study nutrition. Originally for nutrition, it was my parents' plan. Mm. I wanted to study um I want to be a teacher that has been my dream for a long time. And I know in high school, like I hear like a lot of thoughts on that, like, Oh, you don't get paid enough, like those kind of stuff. And like, it's hard to teach kids or I think it's, it's more about how low they value or like see the role of a teacher, which is sad, but yeah, 
I think it's different in Asia or like in Indonesia, West Papua, compared to overseas. Overseas, you have to have a good certificate, like experience. They need teachers, but back home, it's not really like that. So that was my dream originally. But my parents said, oh, why don't you study nutrition and stuff like that? Um, yeah, so then I, I changed <laughs> because I'm a nice daughter. I love my parents. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Asian <laughs> listeners are hearing me. <laughs> it says a lot about culture and, you know, you want to strive <laughs> to be the good daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but luckily, um, it went well for me. Like, I know other for other people, like, it didn't went well. Like, when they do what their parents told them, um, study what their parents want them to study but it went well for me I enjoyed nutrition um I think growing up we're always um very mindful about what we put in our bodies so mm. that ties in very well with what I'm studying at the moment um yeah and now I'm in my master my final year so my research is on fluoride um yes and but it's not based in New Zealand um when I first signed up for master I told them the supervisor I said if there's no Pacifica project then I'm sorry I'm not doing the master if you have a Pacific project then I'm doing it because New Zealand has a lot of resources they have a lot of research and they have intelligent New Zealanders Maori people um but not many from Pacifica not many researchers based in there so there was my one condition and they had that so but the only thing that it was fluoride and I <laughs> we studied nutrition but we don't go into details of each of the nutrients mm. so that was quite new as well um but yeah my research is based in fluoride um children in Vanuatu um primary kids we're currently planning to collect the data this year we're aiming to get about 90 to 100 kids and we will ask them questions about their food and drinks. Um, so we want to know um, whether they're having enough fluoride in their diet or not. And another part is also oral health. So um, collaborating with people from dentistry. Yeah. That is so but, interesting. And also, like I really appreciate that you wanted to do to focus on Pacifica because of the represent representation as well. Like knowing mm-hmm. that you know um, this research that you do will benefit a certain group of people, and yeah. it's better to benefit those who are marginalized and like underrepresented. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I felt like it would. At the end of the day, I always want to go back home and work there, so I need a study that is applicable to where I'm going to work. Yeah. 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 Um, as <laughs> someone who does not study nutrition and knows nothing about uh, yeah. the benefits, what does fluoride do to humans? So fluoride plays an important role, especially in your teeth, um, in your enamel. So like strengthening it and prevent it from dental caries, um, decay and all of that. Um, but what, um, so fluoride, you can find them in toothpaste. Mm. In food is very small, usually in tea, in green tea or black tea is high in there. But in food and all of that, they're generally a um, very small amount. But, um, and, but so because they're small in food or drinks, you have that in your toothpaste. Um, so check on your toothpaste, guys, because 
your toothpaste must have fluoride. If they don't have fluoride, then you're, yeah, you're not getting the benefits from brushing your teeth. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't worry, most of the toothpaste have fluoride. So you need them for your teeth. Um, so we're doing that in Vanuatu um, because what we're seeing is fluorosis. And fluorosis is a condition um, where you have white spots on your teeth. And that's a condition when you have excess fluoride, too much Ooh. fluoride. But however, in their case, we did a, a pilot study last year and not many of the kids brush their teeth regularly. Um, so we want to find out why, if they don't brush it that often, then where is all of this fluoride coming from? Is it from water? Is it from food? And we know if you live around volcano area, that volcano and the rain that comes can mix together and go into the river, your soil, mm. that also contribute to a lot of fluoride. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a nutrition is all about like tiny amounts, but you need all of those tiny amounts in your diet. Yeah. And yeah. That is so interesting. And like, how do we keep up with that? How do we make sure that we have like a balanced diet of like everything yeah. perfectly? Um you mentioned that your family focuses a lot on like diets and foods and the things you put in your mouth and everything. Um, yeah. That's really good. That's such a really good, um, like, um, that's a really good family tradition, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, um, why is it that your parents ask you to do nutrition? It's um, a very specific good. thing. Mm, yeah. So... I think it started, um, so it's very, so let's just start from my religion. I think that's a good, ah. that's a good, um, good point start, <laughs> pointing start. Um, so I'm Adventist, um, I'm Christian, but my denomination is Adventist. So um, some of the food um, we are not allowed to eat, for example, some seafood, um, Sorry, guys, if if this is in Bahasa, I would be able to name some of the seafood. But in English, I'm still, I don't know, six, seven years in New Zealand. I still don't know. Mm, that's <laughs> some okay. But some of the seafood, um, pork, pork is a big thing. We can't eat pork. Um, yeah. Kind of similar with Muslim as yeah, well. Yeah, we have something um, in common. <laughs> haram and halal. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, very similar to Muslim. So we're very, coming from that um my religion and also it says in our bible um that there are certain foods that you're not allowed to eat um however other denominations don't see it as a regulation now um but we still see it as something that you need to follow yes so starting from there so and one story from the bible was that all of these youth they were compared to other youth that eat i would say like high high fat diet and this other group of youth, they were eating like lots of vegetables, no wine and all of that. So growing up, my dad always told us like, this is the story. If you want to be intelligent, be good. Like, so what happened with those two groups is that the group that has high fat diet, they have poor performance compared to those that have like vegetables and foods and stuff like that. It's the Daniel story, if some of you are familiar. Um, yeah, so... From there, we're always very cautious, conscious about what we put in our diet. And yeah, I think my mom 
also see it the same way. I know my dad is very big, but I think my mom just agree with him. So we hardly have meat and tahu and tempeh. Tahu? Tofu. <laughs> tofu. <laughs> tofu and tempeh is, you can get them very cheap in Indonesia. So that's, that was our source of protein. Yeah. And fish sometimes, but meat, probably if you go to a wedding or a birthday, but yeah, hardly meat or like soda or like junk food and all of that. It's always like whole meal. Yeah. That is so interesting. Like I did not expect the start of your story would be because of religion, but like religion is like a really big thing in it families. Is. Like it, it runs like how the family dynamics are, how the family eats. Um, so mm-hmm. that was a really good story that you shared with us because I can relate yeah. to that as well. Mm-hmm. I know, like, I know that religion is a big thing, but then after some years in New Zealand, I thought, hey, maybe there's other factors that are also big, but you're not considering them. But after a while, it's really, it's really hard. Not not because I'm not open to see other things, but it's really ingrained in me. And yeah, there's just there's just so many things that I'm not aware of that are actually influenced by my religion. Exactly. And, yeah, but I think, yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm very open with my belief and I'm happy with my belief as well. So, yeah. no shame in that, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's very interesting. Um, so let's talk about your cultural identity because um, yeah. you are quite, special you're a mixture of west papua and southeast asia um two cultures um so maybe you want to tell us about that yeah so when preparing for this podcast arena sent me like hey this is what like some of the stuff that i might ask and then you said culture culture identity cultural identity and i thought oh here we go with this question again <laughs> i think i i don't know if other people other mixed kids also face the same thing, but I struggle with this a lot and I don't think I have overcome this and I don't think I will ever overcome this in near future as well. Like I struggle, where do I fit in like on my dad's side, West Papua or my mom's side, Indonesia, Southeast Asia. Um, so yeah, cultural, I would say like it's very, it's more Southeast Asia and West Papua. Yeah, I would say like if I want to like put them in order, it would be Southeast Asia first and then West Papua. Because in West Papua, our own culture is very influenced by Southeast Asia after they come into our land. Um, yeah, but ethnic, I know there's like ethnicities. I Google it. I said, what's the difference? Culture, ethnicity, <laughs> you actually race. Do research. Like, there's just so many of these things. Like I don't want <laughs> So like, yeah, so I, I struggle to answer this question, but yeah, if I want to say ethnicity, I would say together Pacifica and or Melanesian mm. in Southeast Asia. Asian, yeah. yeah. But cultural identity is what you identify regardless of whatever your ethnicity is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I would say like pop one. Pop one is my cultural identity, yeah. That's very but interesting. I, I feel sad whenever I said that as well because I feel like I'm not including my mom's side. So yeah, mixed kids, you you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, I feel like everyone always want to, especially back home, they always want 
makes kids to say, hey, where do you actually want to be in like, like in dad side or like mom side? Well, it's like so that. hard to choose, though. You can't put people yeah, in a box. And, and you don't have to choose. I saw yeah. like one, I read or I watch a video and they said like, I'm 100% my dad and I'm 100% my mom. Like I don't... <gasps> Like, it's not half-half. And after I read that, I said, oh, that, that's really deep and that's really good. Like, I'm not... Because, like, being half this and half that makes you feel half as a general person as well, like, in terms of, like, cultural and ethnicity stuff. Yeah. But after hearing that, like, I'm 100% my dad, I'm 100% my mom, that makes me feel better. So, yeah. I, I will always that. bring this up, both of them up together. So, yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, you have two worlds and you're living in two worlds and that's totally fine you're actually yeah. living in three worlds you're here in, in new zealand <laughs> and how's new zealand oh, great. yeah oh <laughs> uh, wow thank you for sharing that and i'm sure mixed kids can relate to that like i've interviewed so many mixed kids and they're like they talk like you do like um <laughs> they're confused growing up but there will be a time in life where they're like yeah, this is me, you know, we'll take whatever you want from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Um, I do want to talk about other parts of you because that's not just the only interesting things about you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you are very passionate about mental health. I am, yes. Hmm. Um, why is that? <laughs> What's your story? <laughs> guys be prepared now Um, (laughs) I think mental health because there's a lot of factors to it um, but I think it starts to really comes out after I moved to New Zealand being away from parents and started seeing things and yeah look at the world and all of that and being alone what's the what's the word someone was being alone or like lonely what's the difference (laughs) being alone (laughs) and lonely all together um but yeah mental health because probably being away from home and also from past relationship but yeah but also with studies that is a big thing that is a big thing with mental health but I would say what I currently want to face in this mental health like the journey is um, gener- intergenerational trauma mm. um, yeah because what I notice is that a lot of the problems like mental problems that I have um, results from childhood or before I moved to New Zealand um, and we can't really blame our parents um, with stuff that happened to us because yeah, they too probably don't know what was right or what was wrong because they too once was a kid and probably treated, you know, not not nice or like, yeah. Mm. So yeah, intergenerational trauma is a big thing that I'm trying to like learn and read more on. But yeah, I think it's it's a good challenge because it has to break in this generation if someone needs to break it so yeah yeah it's exciting because I see like a lot of the my brother me and my younger brother especially I think my sister is quite close to my parents but yeah 
me and my brother, we really see things differently and we want to say things out loud, but you know, in culture and all of those stuff, like you have to be like, you have all of this humility and respect your elders, respect the elders. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think mental health comes big from family study past relationships. Mm. Yeah. I think it's very recently that um, people are starting to look at mental health as a social thing, um, especially for collectivistic cultures like um, Southeast Asians or Pacific, where family is like um, is more important than individual selves. You know, yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's really good that you're passionate about intergenerational trauma, not just for yourself but for your communities and for uh the youth of papua and um like you know everyone you represent it's amazing that you're doing that um it's really interesting right how some of the things we don't read until just recently when people are starting to talk about these things yeah yeah that's so true and i learned about this intergenerational trauma from silver line silver line yeah, yes. Silver Line. One of their talks was it last year or the year before. And then I was just sitting in and someone talked about intergenerational trauma. And I said, I think this is probably one of the big cause of all of this mental health problems. Exactly. Yeah. Especially when there's the stigma of young people not being allowed to speak up. And, you know, when you don't speak yeah, up, you don't yeah. really have a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Exactly. How, how do you be quiet and have a have a problem at the same time you can't you know yeah but yeah but I really yeah it's a big thing and I can see like this generation and like the next generation will really push it so then things can change yeah yeah it's very hopeful yeah so one more thing I do want us to talk about is how you take care of your well-being you know of course, the things you read about with intergenerational trauma, it's very heavy. Um, mm-hmm. And just like everyday life, it's just heavy. You know, I'm not going to talk about yeah. like big things. Just waking up in the morning is heavy. Opening my eyes in the morning, that's really hard, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you take care of your mental health just like every day? I would, I used to be quite good with it I would journal almost every day and I would try to take a walk at the garden the botanical garden once or twice a week but starting from last year I kind of like lost the balance with I'm doing massa I think it's very it's a new world and um, it's very I was not aware of how competitive it could be and yeah, just how I see myself as well at the same time, which is very sad. Um, but yeah, I think starting from last year, I just kind of like put it away. Like I don't want to deal with my emotional, like I just want to keep going. I just want to keep running, like don't stop, don't pause. Because once you stop or pause, like it'll all just start hitting you and it'll probably take like one or two months to recover again from that. So Burned out. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the sad part. But um, I'm learning now. Um, <laughs> that is not good. Um, that's bad. Um, I think at one point I Google something was like, um, what, 
um, emotional numb or something like that. And I just, I had to listen to like church songs or like sad songs to try and wake that emotion again, because after times I just kept like pushing it away, pushing it away. And at one point you really don't feel anything. <laughs> and then you started saying things to yourself, like what's wrong with me? Why am I not feeling this and that? <laughs> so yeah, but I would say to how I take care of myself now is to acknowledge the problems that I have and to see this world is out of my control. Like there's so many things that I cannot control. So that's one big lesson that I'm taking this year for my um, mental journey. Like how I take care of myself is to say that you, it's okay. Like you don't have control over some of these things and there's nothing you can do about some of the stuff in life as well. Mm. But also taking um, thank you so much, Stephanie, for your time. You know, you are a very interesting person. There's so many different parts of you that's so different. And like, it's so you. It's so Stephanie. So thank you for sharing yourself. I know when you, when you asked to interview me, I was like, oh my gosh, all they're going to hear is about my study. It's going to be so boring. That's, no, it's not. That's all I do. That's all I do. <laughs> no, what you're doing, it's so interesting from an outside person view. Because you, you're studying that. Of course you think it's boring. But for us, you know, like we don't know. Um, that's why it's really interesting. Love this podcast. Like I also... Not I also want to start a podcast. No, the idea is nice, but yeah. Let's talk more about that. (laughs) (laughs) That is the end of our episode of the Arenality today. I hope you learned a lot about Stephanie's reasons for studying nutrition, her cultural values, why healing intergenerational trauma is important. If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarena at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arenaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.